Welcome to Building Great Sales Teams, a show dedicated to making sales teams tick, tick, boom. I didn't have a playbook starting out. I had to learn everything the hard way. The good news is you don't have to. Great sales teams are not recruited. They are built block by block. Let's get to work. You might be 42 or three. Okay. Awesome. Something like that. So what's your, what's your favorite thing about it so far? And it's just getting to meet and, and know a lot, you know, a lot of people on a deeper level and uh-huh. where they want to go and, and getting out to the world, man. I love that. You know, it's funny. These podcasts are just like, aren't conversations that we have when we first meet. <laughs> Absolutely. I think that's why it's so easy for us to create them because it's just like, man, this is what we do all day when we when we meet up for Flying Friday or whatever the case is. Yeah, and you know, you just take like one or two things from from each of them, and and that's mm-hmm. when when even I'm look uh, listening to a different podcast, right? Uh-huh. It's like, man, you're just taking some nuggets from from everything, and if I can get a couple nuggets for my audience, mm-hmm. it's a Absolutely. pretty cool thing. You know, Absolutely. What a great room that we're in to have so many awesome people, you know, to interview. So, yeah. When, when I first started, I, I was like, I wanted to, to find people outside of the room, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Because we're all listening to each other's and I wanted to give everybody like some fresh, fresh guests and stuff like that. And I, and I, I have done that to a degree, but for the most part it is apex people because I, I mean, I'm going to all these events and stuff like that. And it's like, man, I want to, I want to sit these people down and, and find out how their businesses tick. You know, one of the, one of the the best things that Thomas ever told me when I did his podcast was, um, the best thing about doing a podcast is you get free consulting. Right. That's exactly right. (laughs) That's what it is. I mean, awesome. All right, guys. Well, we have Jeff Brecken on the show. He's the CEO and president of iconic HR and uh, blue sky benefits. And uh, Jeff spent 25 years dedicating his life to building sales or building teams. I'm so used to saying building sales teams <laughs> and helping business owners reach new goals they never thought possible. Uh, Jeff's ability to lead from the front with humility, heart, and humor is second to none. So one of my favorite things about your bio is the uh, where you start talking about hockey. Mm-hmm. And what I love about this, because this is totally me, like... Jeff could see every play develop and brings that experience in his business, businesses, clients, and life. And your spot on the hockey ring was the goaltender. Yeah. So tell me Correct. more about that. Yeah, man, I just got chills when he said that because mm-hmm. it, it brings me back to the to the day that, you know, you can see that play develop all the way from the other end. Mm-hmm. And from when I was able to walk, um, you know, and, and at four or five years old, obviously I was walking before then, but four or five years old, I was on skates and I was, I, I was a goaltender from age five and up, five up. So the ability for me to see plays develop and to see life develop, mm-hmm. it's, it's, a, it's supernatural to me. Yeah. And so, you know, when you, um, I forgot the, the name of that, the, the show, but I think it was, um, uh, oh man, major league. Yeah, major league. Yeah, uh, but you know when he, when he points out to the outfield and, and he mm-hmm. freaking rocks that home run, right? Yeah, it's like, man, I, I just I can. He saw that thing playing because he visualized it in his head a million times, uh-huh. and it's like almost like, like a slap shot. Um, 
as a goaltender, mm-hmm. that thing's going 90 to 105 miles an hour. And I know exactly where that puck is going within a split second. And then you rack to it, right? And then mm-hmm. you save the puck. So um, it's it's just crazy that it's developed into a business um, asset for me. Absolutely. If that you makes know, sense. No, it it completely makes sense. Now now I'm thinking about, you know, the only sport that I ever had any notoriety in in high school was cross country. Mm, yeah. And we were we were talking about it on your podcast and I was talking about how I thought addicted to winning basically meant that you never quit. You know, right. and when you look at cross country, you know, you go through so much pain, you know, and you go through so much uh mental uh mental uh fatigue. Yeah. Of like convincing yourself that you can take another step, you can run faster, you can push it. You know what I mean? And uh, it's it it's all about that that mental game of of pushing past it and everything. So it makes sense because that that's all I've done is outlast everybody else <laughs> in business. Yeah, you know, you know I mean? th- that's awesome. And and like it, the great thing about every guest that I've had on uh, my podcast, addicted to winning, is it's it that definition is something different to everybody, mm-hmm. but it really truly comes down to get up one more time than you get knocked down yeah. and you get more resilient, right? Like um, I was 13 and my dad and I grew up on a farm and my dad came to me and he said, um, we're going to work, we're, we're getting out of farming. And basically like, that was my life, man. I was, I was going to take over the farm. I was the only boy. Yeah. And like, that was the truly the first time that I had gotten knocked down mm-hmm. and you know, you can take the the boy off the farm, but you can't take the farm off the boy or out of the boy, right? So, yeah. um, the thing about it is, is you get knocked down, but it's how fast and how mo- how how quick you can get back up mm-hmm. and move forward, right? Instead of staying down, because there's so many people that just stay down, Absolutely. and there's that talent is just wasted. So, because you've always gotten up and moved forward, you've been in the human resource game for 25 years now you've recruited. Yeah, I've been, Oh no, good. <laughs> you've recruited over a thousand people. Yeah. It's so, and not necessarily in, in a capacity, you know, capacity for myself. It's for a lot of other people. Right. Um, I started in, man, it was 96 or 97, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, you know, helping recruit people for an association mm-hmm. and then helping recruit people for, uh, the company that I was working for and then my own company uh-huh. uh, and then a lot of other companies as well. So yeah, you know, hiring the right person and for the right seat on the right bus, it just, it comes not, not easy for me, but I know, mm-hmm. I, I believe I've cracked the code on it. Okay. And what I mean by that is like, I, I can look at an application. Let's just say it's for a project manager. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it could be for a salesperson. It could be every, every single job has some traits that we look for. Mm-hmm. So if you're hiring for a janitor or hiring for a rock star salesperson, mm-hmm. that's two totally different skill sets. Right. You have to look for different traits inside those, uh, those people that are applying for that position. Right. So for, great salespeople, um, just because you, you you build great sales teams. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a series of questions that we ask prior to even uh, prior to them, uh, the, uh, the first interview 
but it's on the application process, right? So if if you don't, you could be you could be the biggest rock star ever, and if you don't answer those three questions, that thing is going right in the garbage. Yeah, you know, um, because it's part of the process. And if you don't, if you're if you're not following the rules at that point, I don't care, right? So um, let me let me talk about that real quick. I wish I had that in my, or I wish I used that in my early twenties, uh, in the early days of Argenta, because yeah. it would have saved me so much headache. Because because honestly, that right there. We, we recruit so much slower now. We used to fill up rooms with people. You know what I mean? Yep. Uh, and then they would, we had a, a system Almost down. like cattle calls, right? Yeah, we did cattle yeah. calls. We'd weed them out. You know what I mean? But we wouldn't have had to do all that weeding if we just put three questions before they submitted their survey. Correct. That would have taken care of a lot of that. So that's a big deal. Yeah. Um, so before, like when, when I, before I even look at a resume, like I know, their core values, their moral values. I know if what motivates them, what drives them, if they're serious about the position or not, their education level. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and to be honest with you, the biggest one is, do I want to sit in a vehicle with five hour, in for five hours for that with that candidate? Mm-hmm. Like, if you don't want to, why are you hiring them? That's fair. Right? 100%. And I think about everybody that I have on my team now. And uh, I would have no problem sitting in a vehicle with them for five hours. We'd probably have a great time. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, it took a while. You're to doing it all right, there. Doug. Like, <laughs> but the thing about it is, is, and, and I and I don't. I mean that very, very complimentary because you are absolutely hiring the right people because you have a culture and mm-hmm. you have core values that you're backing that up with, right? Mm-hmm. But so many companies out there don't. They don't have the core values. Number one, then they don't have the culture. Mm-hmm. They're, they're just hiring the right person from the resume. Okay. And anybody can like, I can go out and have a, a resume writer, write my resume. And it's going to look like a rock star. Right. Yeah. But how, how is that on the first interview? I mean, they, that resume writer is not going to be at the first interview. Mm-hmm. Right. And they're also typically not writing and they're, they're not present when they are uh, supplying the resume to each and every position. So that's why I do these questions prior or at, at the time of application, because they're not getting, you're not getting that professional uh, resume writer re- reacting and responding to these questions. You're right. getting the real person. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, I, I have a system that I use for um, sales teams and it's Kodak, right? Yep. And uh, we walk through it on uh, my interview with you and uh part of the operations piece is recruiting, you know? Yep. So I, I kind of want to really want to dive into this a little bit because, you know, I've, I've always had to weed out the people after I recruited them. Right. And so let's back up and tell me, tell me about your experience in recruiting. Is this more, so, you know, Wayne Skinner, my VP of sales, um, he, bef- he had a recruiting company before he came to, to work with me. And, uh, so what he does is he recruited engineers mm. and he very he rec- specific industry, yeah, a very specific yeah. industry he recruited, uh, not just engineers, but, um, AC engineers, I believe. I'm sure there's a proper term for that for, um, these AC companies. Right. And so they would make like 80 grand a year. And I think he would get like six months of salary as commission or something like that. So he was doing really well. Right. Yep. And so that, that's like a, a high level recruiter or like, 
you know, a headhunter. Headhunter. Yeah, yeah, that's a headhunter, right? And then there's the recruiting that I, w- I was doing uh, in the early days of Argenta, which was hire everybody that can walk and chew gum or bring everybody in that can walk and chew gum. And the machine weeded the, them the out process. for me. The process yeah. weeded them out for me. And I, and I, I, I'm fired fast, right? Correct. And it, it was rare that I let them go. They typically quit throughout that process, right? Because it was door to door for one. As soon as you get out in that hundred degree heat, things change, you know. Right. And you know the, the the one thing about that, you know, again, you're doing it right by firing fast or letting them go on their own fast, right? But mm-hmm. so many business owners, at least in today's atmosphere, mm-hmm. they don't want to let a cancer go because it's so hard to fill that seat. Oh man, we but could. It, but that's why recruiting is so important to fill the seat with the right person the, the first time. Yeah. It's better off empty if it's not the right person. Yeah. A hundred percent because that cancer, they could, they could literally make 10 people out of your sales team go mm-hmm. immediately. So fortunately I don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> you know, I built yeah. my machine up enough to where the people that I brought into the company lately have come through social media, you know? Yeah, sure. And so um, Ryan Stuman talks a lot about being the example and that's what I'm, doing everything I can to be, and it's, it's working to a certain degree. So where did you fit in between the cattle call and the headhunter? I never did cattle call. I was always a one-on-one, one-on-one. Uh, one-on-one okay. person because every person is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, we really didn't have to go through that many people to find a really good person for that seat uh-huh. because of the questions that I ask up front. So like if, if, well, just for example, example, Mm -hmm. uh, we had a project manager position that we had 110 people apply for Mm -hmm. before I even looked at a resume, Mm -hmm. 34 of them were gone right in the trash. They didn't answer the question. They didn't answer the questions. And I didn't even look at the resume because they didn't answer the questions. Mm -hmm. So that like they could have 30, 30 of those 34 could have been unbelievable when it comes to you know, that position mm-hmm. and it would have been great. But if they can't follow the procedures, they're not going to follow your core values. They're not going to follow your c- culture. Like they're just not the right fit. Yeah, and they're, they're probably not going to be right fit at most places. You know what I mean? Right. They, need yeah, to figure, correct. they need to get that together before yes. they are employed. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So that's a big deal. You know, it's like a, uh, it's like a youth sports team and, and uh, I've, I've coached like for seven years, but, I'm never going to take the absolute best kid off of each team to make a team of my own. Right. Yeah. Because they're never going to play nice together. They always want to be mm-hmm. uh, in hockey, right. They want, they're going to have to be the, be the puck hog. Mm-hmm. I will, I will, I will always take somebody that's like a second liner that just wants to play hockey for a passion yeah. and be a team player. That team is going to go way further mm-hmm. than the top dog in each position, right? Because on a team like that, the coaching is going to have the biggest reflection on whether they win or not. You know what I mean? And the the plays, the processes, right? Right. Yeah. But the coach puts all those together, right? When you, when you see some of the greatest teams, yeah, they've had some of the greatest players on them, but the auxiliary players is where the magic happens because of the great coaching behind it. And then the coach is smart enough to, to build his team around that, that, that key player. 100%. Yeah. So a lot of my clients are hiring their first 
salesperson. Yep. And so basically I developed the sales program for them. And then now it's time to hire their, their first salesperson. So when we, let me, let me tell you about our process now. And then um, you can kind of walk me through how your service works for someone like that. Or if it's more of like an ongoing hiring deal. Um, so what we do is I, I typically outsource, right? <laughs> I have a, a, a individual that is able to place all the ads and everything. And then uh, we coach them up on how to receive those emails and those phone calls. But we do put it through, you know, most of the, the companies now have, like Indeed has a question survey that you can place in front, and it's a sales test, right? Yep. Right. And so um, that's kind of what we run them through. And then by the, the time the candidates get to them, we coach them up on how to. So we basically pass them through. We, want, we don't want the admin to to say anything about the position other than what's on the ad because we want them to come into the office so that, you know, typically, you know, uh, we're recruiting for low base, high commission positions, sales centric positions. Right. So we, we want the business owner to have an opportunity to present, to present to the candidate. Right. And, and not like desperate or anything, but more, let them know, okay, what's my master plan? You know what I mean? After they've qualified. Mission, vision. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that that's kind of our process right now. You know, that's our cookie cutter process. You know, obviously it's different for every client. But uh, so if I have someone that wants to hire the sales manager type, so this is a higher level individual, um, I guess what process are you going to put them through? So if, if we're hiring or if we're teaching them how to hire? No, if you're, if, if you're hiring for them, you're, they're using Iconic HR. They want you to do the recruiting. They want you to get them a sales manager. Yeah. So number one, we're going to interview that company um, more than likely for between a half hour to an hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it could be the owner of the company, but it also we want to we interview the people that are going to interact with this sales manager right now, right. For that, uh, for this example, mm-hmm. but with that position, because what we want to do is we want to get the people that are not necessarily going to be yes people, but the right fit for the personalities that they're already working for with the, within the core team. Okay. Right. That's huge. That's important. That's important that you have. Um, and to be honest with you in that interview process, we will ask like, what's your vision for this person, mm-hmm. right? Um, what's your core values, uh, both on the on the business level and mm-hmm. on a personal level, right? Yeah. Um, what is the average or most people in that company? Mm-hmm. What's their religious affiliation? What's their um, political affiliation? The last thing I want to do is put um, a hard, staunch, way right Republican with the way left mm-hmm. core team. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's huge. Cause they're never, ever going to get along. So we um, will write, well, I shouldn't say never, right. Yeah, but, they should be able to, but you're right. Typically they're right. not 95% of the time, you know, I mean, you, you would never go out and have a beer with those people uh-huh. that are way opposite people. Yeah. So why are why are we putting them together? Mm-hmm. Right. And, and that, we don't do that to segregate anybody or anything like that, but it's all about core values and teams 
and building that strong team. Like you have to, I'll, I'll just have an example here. Um, we have a coaching uh, client, mm-hmm. um, kind of the same as, is what you're doing on the consulting side, but they're doing it for, uh, for like gyms. Right. Okay. And they hired a COO that was not fit, didn't believe in working out. Right. Mm-hmm. But the, he had a phenomenal resume. Yeah. Well, guess what? That person lasted about seven months and it took that company from up here down about four steps. Mm-hmm. So you really can't, you got to put the right person on the right, on the right seat. Yeah. Um, so we will design the job description around what their vision for that person is. Now that makes sense. Cause even, even at the entry sales level, when we're recruiting, we, we include some things in there about where we see the position going, you know, Correct. and the, a little bit of the opportunity structure, what opportunity they'll have if they uh, get accepted to the position. So, yep. Yep. No, that's huge. And that's great. And most people don't do that, Doug, right? Like most mm-hmm. people, they'll just put a blank sale, uh, a job description out there and hope yeah. the heck they find the right person. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. And where, where you and, and us, we're already two steps ahead of that game, mm-hmm. finding the right person. So then I can probably feel, obviously, feel pretty good about sending, <laughs> sending people to you to hire the first sales manager then. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. For sure. So that's yeah, good. The other thing that we do is, like I said, um, where there's three three core questions that we ask, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to go through, I'm going to go through the three, but I'm not right. going to go through why, because um, that's kind of the special sauce. But That's fair. That's fair. Uh, the The three questions are, um, did you, or do you still play a team sport? Right. Yeah. And people can, people can kind of go through that, like how, how they want to, right. Mm-hmm. Um, name three things that you're grateful for. Ooh, I like that one. Okay. That, that and tells then, you where their core values are at for sure. That's right. And then the other one would be, you know, what motivates and drives you on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Um, from all of those, you have to write the word explain your explain your answer after after each one of those questions and if they give you a one word answer i don't want that person they have just weeded themselves out because you don't you can't explain yourself in one word answer mm-hmm. and then um, you know from that you also know their kind of education level um, punctuation uh, spelling, all yeah, that. Because they're going to spell do, check on. <laughs> they're not going to sit there and like perfect that. They're going to write it pretty that's quick right. and get through it so they can submit the resume. That's right. Yeah. And I want somebody that's excited, right? I am getting free um, consulting for on this they, call. What's that? <laughs> I said, I am getting free consulting on this call. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's right. So, but I mean, you know, that's what I mean by I think I've cracked the code on, on this because we can literally get down to the person. Well, matter of fact, I, I hired um, hired somebody for a good friend of ours in, in Apex, okay. and there was 28 people that applied for that position. I had gone through all of their their pre questions and their answers, mm-hmm. right? And I I literally before that again we had the interview with them. We picked out exactly the person that he needs to have on staff in this position. And that was uh, an administrative or executive uh, admin position, right? Mm -hmm. 
And I'm like, you're not going to let, you're not going to, you're not going to like myself when I tell you this, but it's got to be somebody that's going to rule you like an iron thumb. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, because you have to have two different people in those positions. He had already had four people in that, in that one position and failed miserably. Yeah. And I'm like, this is the one right here without even looking at her resume. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is the one that we're going to hire. And sure shit after we did, we didn't do 28, but we did 18 interviews. Mm-hmm. And that first interview with her was two and a half hours. Wow. We grilled that lady. Cause I knew that that was going to be the one. And sure enough, it's the best thing that's ever happened to his business. I think I might know who that is. <laughs> yes, you do. You do. Okay. And we haven't discussed this. Yeah. So yeah, she's, she's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. She's amazing. And she's phenomenal for, for his business. So great job yep. there, brother. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> awesome. But that's what we do, right? Like you have to put the right person on the right seat on the right mm-hmm. bus and you have to have everybody rowing together. Yeah. Um, if you don't, and it's not, you don't want somebody that's going to be your yes person. You want somebody mm-hmm. that's going to be cordial um, and speak their mind, but yet speak up when they, they when they truly believe that it's wrong. Cause that's, that's when stuff grows and that's when it gets magical. So I'm reading uh, powerful right now, or I'm listening to powerful right now. Uh, yep. The, the, the next, the Netflix, uh, Netflix yep. chief culture officer. Um Man, I have to reach back in my bag and uh, get the book. But Pam, yeah, Pam, yeah. But it, it's uh, it's it's. Powerful. I've got the book too. Yeah, yeah. So look it up. It's 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 about the Netflix culture and how she created it. And one of the things that she talks about is uh, transparency. Yep. And so I'm on that chapter right now, and uh, I'm realizing that, especially between my staff and my. Uh, sales leadership, I need to be more transparent, you know, and then, and then they need to more, be more transparent with us and with me. And, uh, from that is going to come a lot of, uh, great things, you know, and, and so uh, that, that reminds me of that basically, you know, that, that transparency helps. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if, if you're super closed in and, and, you know, I think I got to be more transparent as well to, to my team. And, mm-hmm. and I think everybody struggles with that, right? Like what type or what, how, how transparent, you know, do we, do we be like, man, open up the books because they're like, you have um, the EOS system and mm-hmm. some software that you use uh-huh. in, in your business that everybody has their goals. Well, what, what is that goal going to do for them? And what's it going to do for the business? Like yeah. be super transparent with that mm-hmm. because, you're likely, you're more likely to hit, or everybody's more likely to hit their goals a lot sooner if you are more transparent. Yeah. Our, our top data line when we go through EOS and we go through data is uh, gross income. They know yep. exactly how much the company's bringing in every week. And I will probably take the transparency all the way to gross profit, maybe not net profit, you know, yep. because we right. all know that in their head, that's what I'm getting paid, but that's not necessarily true because sometimes that money goes back into the company or just sits there until the company needs in. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So, yeah. um, and then of course, uh, <clears throat> I have partner or Wayne's a partner in the business now too. So you can do the math on the partnership and in your head. That's what he makes, but it's 
No, it's not true. <laughs> Distributions yeah. are completely different than net profit. So, um, all right. So, w- with your company, Iconic HR and Blue Sky Benefits, who's the who's the top salesperson at your company? Uh, it used to be me. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But I've kind of taken a step back on that, um, and I've got managers that are making way, way, way more than I am. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, I'd rather grow people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like you had talked on, on my podcast that, you know, there's, there's people out there that if you grow those people and you grow the right people and the the ones willing to learn, Mm -hmm. it's going to come back to you tenfold at some point. Absolutely. You know, Mm -hmm. um, I've got another, um, really good friend of mine, um, that I hired, and probably five years ago and she's in um, apex as well. And awesome. we had a conversation last, last week and she goes, man, you know, my, my goal for this year was, was $300,000 in, in sale or in, in commissions. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why not 500, mm-hmm. you know? And she's, she's like two thirds of the way through her $300,000 goal. And it's not even Just that little rewire. Right. Yeah. And so it's, you know, and she, she'll do at least 500 this year and she's 27, 28 years old. Oh man. That's amazing. It's amazing that, that, you know, obviously it's, it's taking you a while to create the opportunities, but that you have opportunities like that. Correct. So I guess it takes a special person to want to build, build something Mm -hmm. special as well. Right. Like that's the, that's when it's fun. So walk me through your sales process. Like how, I mean, do y'all have leads coming in? Are they going out into the marketplace and networking and uh, generating their own leads? Uh, Do you have lead generators, like individuals that are creating those leads and sending them up the ladder? How does your sales process work? Yeah, on the Blue Sky team, um, we're basically 100% like business to business and, and door to door, so to speak. So mm-hmm. um, I shouldn't say hundred um, percent because there's referrals in there as well, but all the cold leads are coming in um, just door to door. Okay. And so, uh, you know, we'll sit down and have a conversation with the owner or the HR person and say, Hey, this is, this is what our, our value is. This is how we, how we what we can do for you and your company. Mm-hmm. And by the way, then we'll go through product. They, they know the, what products that we sell, mm-hmm. but there's 25 other people of our, you know, our competitors yeah. trying to sell the same product. Yeah. It's We're a, not like that. It's a, it's a competitive marketplace. How do you get in the room to have that conversation? I guess is what I'm curious um, on. Yeah. Yeah. So um, a lot of it is either cold calling two, three times and then mm-hmm. follow up with, you know, uh, we don't have any external yet um, like outsourced VA lead systems, anything right. like that Right. Uh, on the iconic, iconic HR side. We're working with John Hiley on the on the marketing, yeah. um, and so that's going super well as, uh, right now as well. So um, uh, that's all just because I do we don't is... have a huge yeah we don't have a huge sales team on that side, right? Mm-hmm. So with that with the leads coming in, yeah, we're handling the leads, but then um, it's kind of flowing through the admin system as well um, after that. So that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I, that's all I do is refer John out now. <laughs> Yeah, he's amazing. I just went through his mastermind, and uh, it's he's worth his weight in gold. Yeah, I'm I'm in the mastermind. Yeah, I can't I can't go. It's too many nights away from the family. Yeah, um, 
but yeah, I'm, I'm in it and I'm just like, well, fortunately for John, he's a, you know, he's a, he's a man of value. And, yep. uh, so when he, when I told him that I couldn't make it, he agreed to do some extra work for me kind of to make up for that cost difference. Cause I had already gotten yeah. a lot of what's in that package that he did. And, uh, but he still came, he didn't have to, but he still came through and did some one-on-one stuff with me. So, which yeah. was huge. Um, He's got a great system going over there. Yeah, and, he does. And he, he, uh, he did our, in, and guys, if you need this stuff, he did our CRM, he did our funnels, and he did our website, which is like the foundation for marketing. Yeah. And now all you have to do is bring leads into it. You know, That's what he did for us as well. Yeah. So, so awesome. But we've got, we've got other friends of ours, literally, that are bringing in, you know, 150 to 250 leads on a weekly basis from, from that uh, system you know, from the website to the, to the lead magnet, to wh- whatever it is, right. Mm-hmm. Like with John Hiley, their, their funnel is bringing in that kind of revenue, not revenue, but leads on a weekly basis. That's crazy. So I love the blue sky side because that's yeah. all self gen. They're eating what they kill. Oh, that, thing. That's, that's your, that's your bread and butter, oh, man. Yeah. That's how you grew up. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's exciting to me. Um, so let me ask you this. How many, how many salespeople do you, or, you know, I don't want to call them salespeople because I know you have managed, you have managers, but how many, how many people are part of the sales organization where they can go out and make commission like that? Um, right now we've got about 13. Okay. And that's not, although all of those 13 are on one team. Mm-hmm. I used to have four teams mm-hmm. and we're doing just as much with the one on team. those on the one team. Then uh, COVID, you know, kind of weeded some people out. And I, my, my core values are like, you know what, if you're not going to be here full time, I don't want you here anytime. Yes. Right. So the same you thing have to, it just, yeah, man. COVID you, just made our company so much more lean and mean. Hmm? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we, we went in half. Um, at one time I had 44 salespeople mm-hmm. uh, that was in 2018 and we were okay. uh, number one in the country. Um, as far as sales goes for, for one of our carriers. Mm-hmm. And, um, but you know what, 2019, 2020, it's like, how big do you want to get with me, with mediocre people? Yeah, exactly. What I don't want to do that, man. Like you, you have an awesome goal of a hundred six figure earners. You're not going to get that with mediocre people because some of those people are going to be cancer in those sales meetings. Absolutely. 100%. And you, you just can't get there with mediocre people. Well, and, and what it does too, you know, that, that you have 13 like elite people now is your, 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 it, it, it protects your peace of mind. It protects your mindset and it, it, the same way being around apex elevates us, it, it elevates you being, being around your people that are elite because they're Absolutely. constantly challenging and pushing the status quo and constantly forcing you to become a better leader. You know what I'm saying? And so that, that's, that's incredible. That's awesome. Um, You have to level up together. And if you're not going to level up together, um, you know, you're always going to have a a gap and that gap is going to get wider and wider and wider against the people that want to level up Mm -hmm. versus they want to stay where they're at. Maybe that's 80 grand, maybe it's 75,000, whatever in sales uh, commissions, but I I want elite people. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think as we get older in our businesses and older as individuals, you know, we just don't, we appreciate 
the uh, efficiency. <laughs> no, no, no bullshit attitude. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, but the efficiency of that elite person, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like they're not going to come to us with bullshit. You know, yeah. I used to always say, uh, I have a bullshit to sales ratio, right? If your sales right. are high, then your bullshit can be a little high. If your sales are low, then I better not get any bullshit, you know? That's exactly right. And uh, it just seems like lately I have like no bullshit for most of my people and high production, you know what I mean? So I know that we're doing something right. So no, that's great. Well, you're right. You're hiring the right people. Right. And, uh, but it takes, it, it literally takes one wrong person to, to screw some things up. Absolutely. And that's why you really got to be cognizant of who you're bringing on. Absolutely. I want to get into the, the, the cancer piece. Cause I do believe that, but let, let's talk a little bit first about how your sales organization is structured. Do you, do you yeah, have so management in there or how does that work? There, everybody on the blue sky side is a 1099. Okay. They, they have their own hours that we don't dictate anything. Cause that's a, that's a yeah. big no, no with the IRS. Right. Yeah. But, um, so they're all 1099s. Um, there, there's a couple of managers in there and then there's a couple behind the scenes, um, uh, office people in there as well okay. that are all, uh, they're all 1099. Again, mm-hmm. they're working from home. They don't, we don't. Yeah care about their hours or anything like that but mm-hmm. as long as they get the work done right so um but again on the blue sky side like other than the referrals mm-hmm. it is um it's all 1099 and it's all uh, cold call door to door um and then following up on their own leads but it, on on that um aspect um you know it's all it's all about high commission one year and the great thing about insurance is that you get you get a re, re, recurring revenue, but yeah, usually the first year is is a little bit higher, and then it drops way down. Well, you got to get hungrier because yeah. you're starting over from basically nothing that second year, right? Yeah. So, I got you. So, being that it is commission only, they're ten ninety nine. They're elite performers. Um, in order to for them to level up, they're not leveling up in position or anything like that. It's more about their book of business, right? And so, it, how do you? Yeah, it's the book and it's the attitude, you know, it's, Hey, let's read a book. Let's, you know, Grant Cardone's 10 X mm-hmm. or be obsessed or be average. Right. Yeah. Um, those are great sales books. Mm-hmm. And if you don't get those books, like you're probably not going to want to be an elite salesperson. Absolutely. To, to kind of show you what's, what's possible in that sense. Right. Yeah. So um, how do you manage them? Is there a weekly meeting or how do you kind of manage that team of 13 people? Yeah, we, um, whether we had 13 or, or we had 44 at, at one time, mm-hmm. Monday morning is our, is our, uh, company meeting. Although I had a, um, management meeting prior to that, like a mm-hmm. core team, so to yeah. speak. Yeah. Again, it's not mandatory. You can't mandate, mandate that for 1099 people. Right. So uh, if they wanted to show up, great. But, we knew who was showing up and we knew who wasn't yeah, showing up. Exactly. And usually that showed in the numbers. Yeah. And that's what we always tell people, uh, especially our 1099 guys. Um, we, we have a sales meeting. Um, you're paying uh, $5 a week for our softwares and our training. Obviously it's worth a lot more than that, but that yep. solidifies the 1099 position. And if you want to show up for the training, you can. And if you don't, you don't, you know, and obviously the people that weren't showing up for the training weren't producing and then we That's terminated right. their 1099 contracts. We so. made them available to the workforce. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are getting some serious HR game right now. 
Yeah. <laughs> so if you want to hire 1099 salespeople, there, there is a, still a way to do it. As long as you don't live in California, you're in good shape. Yep. That's exactly <laughs> right. Which I wouldn't advocate for that either. So. <laughs> That's very, very true. Okay. Yep. Um, all right. Let's talk about, um, so you've got your 13 salespeople, their lead salespeople. You got your system that you manage them on. Um, what would you say to um, Jeff Brecken if he had if he had to start from zero? You got no people, you got no systems. You know what I mean. And, and you're doing yeah. exactly what you're doing now. What's your What's your first three moves? Uh, well, first, before we even get into that, like I I was in construction prior to being in insurance. Uh huh. I, I built 109 custom homes, and then I started from zero. Wow after 2008 and we were doing millions of dollars in business a year and to go, to go from, you know, doing that, being on top, not being a sponge, mm-hmm. right. We talked about being a sponge in the room and um, on our, on my podcast, but um, man, I would, I would surround myself with amazing people that, you know, uh, have the right mindset mm-hmm things are going to, you know, like unaddicted to winning, right? It's getting up faster and quicker each time that mm-hmm. you, that you get knocked down. Mm-hmm. And if we look at historically in the United States, at least the people that have gotten knocked down and really lost everything, they've come back super quick and strong. Right? Well, yeah. And stronger, quicker, stronger. So why is that? Number one, you can't take away my knowledge and you can't take away my wisdom. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's, and I'm going to use it. So your first thing was basically surround yourself with winners, right? I, I want you, I want you to listen to this. Cause I, I think this is where the question is coming from. And it was in my subconscious, right? Yeah. Uh, I got a message on Instagram the other day and they said, uh, I'm, you know, it was just a random person. They they've seen my social, they've started following me. And uh, they asked, uh, I'm just curious, what were the top three things you started doing to get where you are now? Like, like that's going to help work. them. Surround <laughs> yourself with good people. Yeah. So, and get in the right rooms. So the first one was, did the work on myself and on my business, right? So what you're talking about with construction, that's what you did. You know yep. what I mean? Um, you, didn't, you didn't surround yourself by winners or anything like that. You weren't a sponge back then, but you at a minimum did the work and probably busted you know, your ass and probably the crazy thing about this is, is I didn't know a damn thing about insurance, but I bet on me and I have uh-huh. faith in me. Right. Uh-huh. And then my, one of my mentors in 2016 said, Hey, why don't you, I was going to get out totally out of the insurance industry because it wasn't challenging for me anymore. Mm-hmm. And he goes, why don't you get a mentor or I'm sorry, a sales coach. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I had no idea about a sales coach. And she yeah. was in my mid thirties at that point. Mm-hmm. And he's like, so you know, he put me in contact with a sales coach and I was, I was spending 500 bucks a month on a sales coach. Mm-hmm. And back then it was big for me to, shit, to go from zero to, to nothing, but we yeah. doubled sales that year, um, doubled production. And then the next year um, I hired a different sales coach for more money. Mm-hmm. And then we doubled again. So it's all about, like I said before, like taking that, being a sponge and, and taking the stuff that you're learning and, and be, have access to mm-hmm. and, and turning it over quicker, faster, so you're stronger. 
And immediately applying it, yeah. Yeah. So my first one was did the work on myself and my business. Second was surrounded myself with winners in life and in business. And then the third yep. one was went after impact and relationship versus money. Absolutely. And it, it you saying that immediately, you're like surround myself with winners. You know, it, yep. it reminds me of the, the fact that like, yeah, I had Argenta Field Solutions when I came into Apex, but I didn't have Argenta Solar yet. And I started that in Apex. So right. I kind of got that taste of starting a new business but with all the wisdom and knowledge that I have now, plus being surrounded by these high-level producers, and I'm building out the company based on the impact that I want to exactly. have. Exactly. You know what I mean? You know, the, the crazy thing about, I, I just got goosebumps again, but the crazy thing about this is that you go back to truly what your passion is because you can't teach something you're not passionate about. Mm-hmm. That's the bullshit meter, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like, you can fake yourself, you're, you fake your way through it, but to be truly uh, successful and to, to just crush it, you need to be doing what you have a passion for and then teach it to others. Absolutely. I love you know? it. So it, it just goes from that. You know, there's one thing that you said, um, Doug, in there that, you know, work on, work on your, your, your business and yourself, like professionally and, and mm-hmm. personally, right? Yeah. Like there's so many people out there that they work on the, themselves professionally. They work, they work on themselves in inside their business, but they don't work on themselves personally. And that's where the growth occurs, Matt. Like you can surround yourself with everybody around you that's successful, mm-hmm. but if you don't work on yourself personally, like you're not going anywhere. Well, and it's not, it's not going to last long. You're either going to get weeded out right? because they're not going to spend time with you anymore, or you're going to get convicted and you're going to feel shame every time you hang out with them because they're telling you about how they're leading their family, That's about right. how they're getting stronger in their faith, about how they're uh, changing physically and they're developing their fitness routine or whatever the case is, right? Or, <laughs> you know, there's different pillars yeah. uh, amongst life, right? And work mm-hmm. is just one of them. Your business is just one of them. And there's, there's other stuff out there that you need to work on. Yeah, and it's it's funny because when I came into Apex Executives, um, and this is just this is just information that you know, you guys that are listening to this show to build great sales teams, you need to be creating this type of environment at, at a very high level, and you will continue to attract elite elite salespeople. But going back to it, when I came into Apex Executives, there were some some people that I I looked around and I said, okay. You know, you're doing really well in business, but I can, I, I, I can tell something's wrong. You know what I'm saying? Or yep. there's just like, and, and sure enough, there were some people in the group that changed that stuff, which I was one of them, right? I was, Me I was too. going home and I wasn't present and stuff like that. Um, and the people that made actions that completed 75 hard, that changed their habits within our community uh, are still there. Yep. I'm still here. Thankfully <laughs> you're still here. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> and, yep. and, and the ones that didn't aren't anymore, right. whether it's by their own accord or they got pushed out because they just weren't representing what winning looks like, you know? Right. And, and, you know, the, the one thing about that, that I'll say is that, you know, you, you could have an awesome home life and have a shitty business life or professional life. Mm-hmm. And it could be the other way around. Like you could be on top of the world in your professional and business life and just go home and have an absolute shit personal life. Yeah. 
it's almost, and, but just like you said, like that's not going to last that long because no. you have to have everybody in your ecosystem rowing in the same exact direction. Mm-hmm. Otherwise it ain't working. Absolutely. So on that subject, what, I guess, what is the goal for, yeah, I, I, yeah. <laughs> you're sorry, 100% right. <laughs> oh, shit. You oh, know, there was more to that. Yeah, yeah. But now, now you brought up a good point because, you know, and then, and I, I try to keep my podcast super tactical, but it always ends up turning into this type of stuff because you get someone like me and you in the same room, and all yeah. of a sudden we're talking about, you know, the, the ultimate enlightenment, you know? <laughs> yeah. But you know what, to be honest with you, like it, anybody can talk strategic structure processes, all that. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, if you're not happy in one pillar of your life, it's not like it's, it's short lived. Yeah, absolutely. And you can it, only it, execute for so long. You know, I, right. I learned that the hard way in my twenties for sure. Yeah. Me, um, me, me too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I'm going through that right now and, but to be honest with you, it's one of the best things that I've ever had to go through. And it's mm-hmm. the hardest thing, but I found me again. Yeah. Like I hadn't laughed for 10 years and I, man, I love laughing and I love making people laugh. And for me to, to, to realize I was not being myself, you know, at, at in my home life, because mm-hmm. I hated my home life. Yeah. I needed to change that mm-hmm. to be me again. And to be happy. Oh, that's amazing. It really is. And I know I know exactly what you're talking about because when I did this last trip with uh Stuman and did the PJ trip and um Kel Goodman and Paul Ham and um Clay Riggins, all all the all the, the people that were on Yeah, and you trip, got some powerhouses on Mary, that PJ Mariana was on there too. And uh who else was it? I know I know I'm forgetting somebody important. <laughs> And I'm going to get in trouble. Patrick was on. Yeah. Patrick Blanas. Yeah. yeah. The closure contest winner. Um, and I just had so many freaking genuine conversations where I was completely present and yep. enjoying every minute of it. Cause we're all, we all had the same energy, you know what I mean? Absolutely. And it, it, it was a present and a good, happy energy, you know? And, and amazing things happen when, when those worlds collide. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I've got, uh, I can't say anything yet, but I've got an opportunity with Kale that I'm I'm excited about. We're gonna dive into some more and see if it if it's a good fit. But uh, yeah, and it, and it just came from having a conversation and talking about his business. You know, you know that was the last trip to to Apex Executives um, mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago. I boarded a plane from Minneapolis to Dallas, mm-hmm. and you know how many people you you look around the airplane and like nobody's talking to each other mm-hmm. like only maybe spouses or you know people that know each yeah. other obviously but yeah. people that don't know each other just don't talk to each other do you ever notice that they do in first class though oh 100% isn't that crazy 100% yeah and the 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 person next to me ends up like i introduce myself and she introduces mm-hmm. herself and she has the exact same mindset that I do and everybody at execs, right. She's going down to a sales conference in Dallas. And, yeah. and so am I. And, and like, it just, it ends up like it was an amazing two hour flight. Mm-hmm. And I would have never had that happen if I wouldn't introduce myself. Right. Like, yeah. Hey, what do you do? Have a good day, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. um, but 
if you're not having those conversations, you're not expanding. And if you're not growing, you're dying. You know, and, and, and that reminds me of what, because there's this, you know, in a, in a, in our nation as a whole, there's this disdain for first class and there's this disdain for, you know, people that have, right. And, um, they, they always try to position it as, oh, because you have all that, you don't have a good family life. You know what I'm saying? And, um, first of all, if you don't have a good family life, it's because you don't have a good family life and the decisions you made there, you know what I'm saying? has nothing to do with your success in business. If you're going to ignore your family, you're going to ignore your family, whether it's for your business or for a habit or for, you know, softball, you know what I'm saying? Like, absolutely. It's going to happen. Right. Right. So, um, it's really the, the point I was getting to was like, it's, it's often that we see those people in first class or I guess normal people see the people in first class or they see the people that have more that have successful business and they try to categorize them as that. But in our circles, man, I'll, I'll smoke you when it comes to family life, you know what I'm saying? Because now I'm architecting a life that supports them and supports our growth as a family and our legacy and my, my children's future. And I'm pouring into them. And, and creating that. And I'm sure that was part of y'all's conversation too. Yeah, man, you're, you know? you're, you know, build a life that you want to, to lead and go live it, man. Like mm-hmm. don't life is here for you. Don't let it be, don't let life. Uh, what's the, what's the, what's um, what am I trying to say? Lead a life. Uh, life is here for you. Oh, no, what is it? Life happens for you, not to you. Yeah, there and you go. so um, it's just one of those things where it's so true. Like, think of like visualize and and manifest it to happen because you're gonna it's gonna happen whether you manifest bad shit to you or good shit to you or if you want to have your dreams come true, you know, twenty year dreams in in two years, mm-hmm. it can happen. You just have to visualize it, manifest it, and make it happen, and put yourself in the right room. Yeah, and focus. No matter what that is. Absolutely. So where, what's the, what's the target for iconic HR and blue sky benefits? You know, where do you see your companies headed? Is, is, um, it, is it y'all changing the game or is it just a certain exit point? We're changing the game um, on the recruiting side, like okay. on, uh, but then we're also doing like uh, fractional HR services. Most businesses and small, small business owners don't want to deal with, um, terminations. They don't want to deal with onboarding. They just want a person in the right seat. Right. Amen. But but, (laughs) but the thing about it is, is there's a whole lot like that HR person can control your culture, whether you like it or not, Mm -hmm. but they have to be trained, a trained professional. And a lot of small businesses don't have the capital to have an $85,000 trained professional on their team. But with our fractional HR services, you absolutely have that availability to you. Um, so, you know, I just, I want to, I want to, in the, in the insurance game, we give, we give the value. So we're in the 10 to 75, 10 to hundred space mm-hmm. as far as employees go. Yeah. When you get over that hundred, like magical things open up to you as a company, mm-hmm. as far as like what value these big brokers bring to you. Right. Right. But we've brought all of that in 
to the to the 10 to 90, 10 to 100 space. Very cool. And that's why it's all about value. Like there's a hundred people that will sell you insurance today, but mm-hmm. what can they do for you? Like what's your golf buddy for 15 years doing for you for value mm-hmm. to improve your bottom line, to help your systems, to help your processes, right? We're doing that, that a hundred plus in, in a 10 to a hundred. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we want to do with the HR services too. Like there's very few uh, small companies that number one, have a, a, a trained HR person and they're the ones that really absolutely need it to yeah. grow. Absolutely. Oh, so it's huge. Um, you know, background checks, exit interviews, very few people do exit interviews. The, 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 the companies that want to grow are doing exit interviews. The companies that are not growing, they're not doing exit interviews. You can learn a lot from a company, a third party, not necessarily your own company to do those exit interviews because those exit interviews, those people are going to, they're exiting your company. They're not going to tell you the truth. Right. Especially if it's to your face, but they'll tell a third party. That's fair. Yeah. We, we used to do uh, exit surveys. We don't have a lot of exits right now, but we used to do. Yeah. Well, the, but cause you're hiring, right? Yeah. We used to do you exit know? surveys. So. No, but that might bring up a huge systemic uh, pattern of say, you got a manufacturing company out there that, is always hiring for, for one department, maybe it's shipping. Right. Mm-hmm. But if they're always hiring for that one department and you keep doing those exit interviews and all of a sudden you uncover one key player, whether it's in the shipping area or the manager that comes in once a day and just screams, right. Mm-hmm. And leaves like there's, there's something wrong with that area. If all the other areas in that company are, are hitting on all eight cylinders. And then this one's only hitting on four. Gotcha. So no, that makes sense. It, it it gives you that goalie view. Absolutely. Of the. Of life, man. Yeah, of life. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. started on that. We're going to end on that. And uh, so if <clears throat> my listeners want to connect with you, they can go to myiconichr.com or yep. they can email you at jeff at myiconichr.com. Absolutely. I guess you got some uh, social media handles for us. Yeah, we all, yeah, everywhere on uh, My Iconic HR is, you know, Facebook, Instagram, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, uh, LinkedIn, we're all over the place. So, but if you can't get a hold of that company, just search me, Jeff Brecken, on um, on Facebook or jbrecken35 on IG. 35 was my goaltending number, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, another dig there. Yeah, absolutely. I want to I hear more about the the goaltending the next time we get together. It sounds like you got some good stories with that. Yeah. We're, we're going to end that one with six knee surgeries. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. it was a great, it was, I have zero regrets. But, uh, yeah, exactly. I got, some it was rugby. fun while it lasted. I got some rugby surgeries too. So I, I know, I know right where you're at. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, bro. I wouldn't change a thing. Well, Jeff, I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to come on the podcast and share some knowledge with us. Um, in the HR and recruiting space. I don't know anybody better. And that's why, you know, you're doing it for us. So I appreciate you. Um, Yeah. Appreciate you. Thank you so much. And and what you're doing out there is, is amazing work, but you know, with, with helping people and bringing that passion to building sales teams, Mm -hmm. nobody better. I appreciate you. All right, guys, that's going to be it for us today. Y'all have a good one. Let's get building. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of building great sales teams. We sure do appreciate it. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you consume podcasts. 
This way you'll get notifications as new episodes become available. Remember, great sales teams are not recruited. They are built block by block. Until next time.